everybody. Welcome to Tapes, 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 a podcast about old movies from our childhood. Our, who are we? <laughs> I'm Josh. And I'm Evan. Well, we're best friends. I'm in Portland. Josh is in Chicago. That was like the sound of You're somebody. right over there. It sounds like you tried to do something and then you ended up hurting yourself. I unplugged from the Matrix. That's that's oh my God, is that what that sounds like? Yes. Yeah, Keanu Reeves made it sound a lot more like dry heaving. That sounded very like wet. But well, I guess he was in a pool of goo. Yeah, it's goo. Well, we pick a movie every week from our childhoods that we love, that we adore from the nostalgic past, and then we decide whether or not that movie is still good or is it, maybe it's not so good. And at the end of the episode, we give it a rating of either Be Kind and Rewind or Eject and Reject, denoting whether it's worth your time or whether it's simply a wreck. I'm Mark Summers. Slime. Who's Mark Summers? He was the host of Unwrapped, and he also hosted, I think, Double Dare on Nickelodeon. Unwrapped? Double Dare. Oh, my God. Remember, I haven't thought about Double Dare forever. Remember the 90s? <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is man. great commentary. We really, know how to, we really know how to make people feel like they're, they're taken care of when it comes to... I feel Their like nostalgia. It's, it's, remember the nineties. Remember the nineties. I feel like it's pretty predictable where we're gonna go. Like, uh, did you know that I was gonna talk about Steve Buscemi's left eye? What? All right. So, why don't you tell the fine folks what we watched this week, Josh? Well, we watched a truly. I, I can't okay I can't get into it yet. We watched the Rocky Horror Picture Show. The Rocky Horror Picture Show, ladies and gents, and everyone listening. It is a 1975 musical comedy horror, um, written and directed, and I think like everything by Jim Sharman. Richard O'Brien. Wait a minute. What? Why is dude the the, the fucking thing is wrong? Well, uh, oh yeah, the Wikipedia page the, the, is. Oh no, it's not wrong. Well, no, yeah, he didn't direct so, it. Sorry, we should take that over again. No, I like the fuck up. I like calling you out when you're wrong. It never happens. I, Let me that, have it. God, I, I can't. I am just. Like, I'm going. Nope. Hold on, I have to plug. This back is the only the take. <laughs> Oh God! It's so much Did more. Did you just drink all the goo? Is that how you go back into the matrix? Yeah, that's how you do it. You have to drink all the goo that's in your pod. <laughs> that's why nobody God. ever does it. It's really hard. That's really gross. That's not worth it. <laughs> if I was Keanu in that moment, and I was like, uh, I have to go back to the matrix to save Trinity, I would not drink the goo. Fuck that. I'll <laughs> deal with the robot spiders. So, so I mean, yeah, look, we shouldn't beat around the bush. This movie, this is a big one. I mean, when it is when you told me that we were watching this this weekend, I was like, really, Do you, really, and you were like, yeah, fuck well, yeah, baby. As as our previous li- as our as our consistent listeners might know, and you might remember, Evan, the last time we recorded, I talked about having a dream that involved the Rocky Horror Picture Show. And just to recap, I oh. essentially had a I, I had a dream where 
there was somebody in my life that like I had just lost or they were dying or something was happening to them. And I was incredibly upset. Like I was crying and Mm -hmm. like completely devastated, except the person in the dream wasn't a person. It was a song from the Rocky Horror Picture Show. Like there was no person. This was me reacting Mm -hmm. as if somebody was dying, but it was just the song. Like remembering that hearing the song in my head made me think I'll feel all these things. And I woke up and I said, I got to watch this movie. And then I didn't for a long time. And so I decided (laughs) to watch it for the podcast. And here we are. Wow. Yeah. I mean, this one, do, do we need to hit the people with the synopsis? I I think we should. I really, Yeah. I'm actually going to do my own synopsis. Oh my god, your own synopsis. I'm not even going to follow by MDB. This one is I'm excited. Oh man, this is a this is a medium length one. This is written by Josh Barwin. How do you say that? Uh it's Josh Barwin. All right, whatever. Oh my god, I'm not going to be able to say my own lucid thoughts in the voice that I read. <laughs> That's going to be so weird. In a castle in the middle of nowhere. Oh, boy. F- no, fuck I that. I think this uh, this means that we can never shit on any IMDb synopsis ever again. Because <laughs> I'm, I'm worse. Like, I, I should... I'm sure the synopsis that I would write would just be fucking garbage. Anyway, uh, this movie follows the story of Brad and Janet, who, uh, after visiting a uh, visiting a wedding and then deciding to get married themselves uh decide to go on a drive to go visit their old friend dr scott that kind of lives out the middle of nowhere and they get a flat and they end up going to a, like a castle that's very like nosferatu frankenstein old school horror movie and when they go there they kind of crash a party for uh what is it the annual transylvania convention or something something like that it's a convention it's essentially an annual party that's hosted by dr frankenfurter uh and has the the house people which is uh riffraff and columbia and magenta and they get kind of wrapped up in Frankenfurter's creation of essentially like a Frankenstein monster, except it's a, se- a sexy bodybuilder thing. Mm. And uh, <laughs> there's, body lots of sing- there's lots of singing. And mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't want to reveal too much without without just if you haven't seen it already. But it's essentially a big send up of classic horror movie. Ar- when I say yeah. classic horror movie archetypes, we're talking like frankenstein yes. nosferatu like the things i just fucking said B-movies. like very old school stuff like yeah, yeah. horror b movies of the 30s through like the 60s kind of yeah but it's it's told through the lens of like dr frankenstein wearing a corset like it's meant yes. to be very like kind of like all gender association sexual like uh association like gender fluid very yeah yeah. like uh, kind of an exploration of that and in 1975 i mean this movie in 1975 like this movie you know you want to talk about some movies that are ahead of their time like when's the last time you've seen a movie like this even now no i mean in terms of often not very often well they do (laughs) exist but it's yes that's that's the answer but it's 
<laughs> I think it more just comes down to it was it was out in the 70s, which mm-hmm. I mean, a lot of these thoughts and feelings were I mean, they were around, of course, but not talked about in movies. Right. I mean, we'll get it. I, I also have some production back history, too. But I guess before we get Ooh. into that, because I'm taking the reins on this episode, Evan, yeah. even though this was my pick this week, uh, what was your experience with this movie coming in? So I had probably and I was telling Morgan this because Morgan this is this is definitely one of the most if not the most excited that she has been for a movie on this really? podcast. Oh, oh dude. That makes me big so time. happy. She owned the soundtrack when she was younger. She listened to this mm. all the time. She grew up watching this movie with her family. Uh, you know, she is queer spawn. So, like, this movie is has been important to her for a long time. My very first time ever watching this movie yeah, was please. at... Your de-virginization, as, as it's called, and <laughs> kind of like going to see it yes. in theaters, if you did that. My, uh, I, so, I eventually did do that, and thank God fucking god that i did because the way that i first watched this movie was i was in cte at tam high school Uh and the like production teacher you know how they always had one person who was like the production teacher our our for our generation it was danielle um who was Uh, dan caldwell no don danielle not Dan Caldwell. Oh, uh, I don't really remember. Danielle. That name sounds familiar. Yeah, he was a Brazilian guy. He was a really nice guy. Like, did a lot of the technical behind-the-scenes stuff for all of the shows that we did. Um, and like one of oh, them. So was... I didn't care about him. I only cared about acting. <laughs> and one of them was oh, a set. You're here to support me. One one of them. One of the things that he did was we had to set up like a projector for some show. So and then he was like, "Hey, if you help, like if you stay late and help, you know, we'll we'll watch a movie afterwards. We'll watch the Rocky Horror Picture Show." And I was like, "Okay, I've never seen this before," and everybody was really excited about it. So, but then it was just like me and one other student, I don't even remember who they are, and like Danielle and another teacher, and we only watched like the first, maybe, I want to say we saw Frankenfurter, and then that was basically it. And it Oh was, my god, so you got like 20 minutes in. I, If, maybe not even, because I think he come, well, I don't know. So it was like terrible, because A... It, we didn't get to see very much of it. And B, it was only a few people. And like, I don't know, man. There's a cross-generational gap, right? Like, I'm sure from his perspective, he was like, I'm fucking cool. I'm introducing these kids to this very, like, cool thing. But I'm like 17 sitting there with this guy and like another teacher who are probably in their 40s or 50s. And I'm just like, this is like about sex and weird. And I don't like it. <laughs> so that's why I say like, who else it was, was you... quite possibly the worst introduction. Like the only oh, no. way that I could imagine it being much worse is if I had watched it at like a funeral. I mean, actually, even that would be kind of amazing. I don't know. That would be pretty... <laughs> that would be amazing. Uh, yeah, I mean, that's no, kind of a cob, but that would be pretty uplifting. It's the worst. It's the worst way that I could... So, in my heart, like, I had a lot of resident or, or reticence when it came to eventually going and seeing it the quote-unquote real way. And when I did finally go see it the real way, it was so much better. Like, it was too qu- crazy how much fun it was. So yeah. I was like, oh, I guess I have to see it that way now. 
Like, and that's how I related to it for years. That's my introduction to it, but I want to hear about yours before you get into production history. Well, to start, I can safely say that for at least the last 15 years of my life, when somebody has proposed the question of me, like, what are your top five favorite movies? This is almost always number one. Wow. This is number I think this, one. This is number one. I think this is, I mean, it's, I mean, it's changed because I, I like to answer that question based off of like how I'm feeling right now. Yeah. But for a I feel like a majority of my life where I've watched movies, this has been the number one spot, slot of like enjoyable. I want to watch a movie movie. Mm. Wow. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, there's a there's a lot riding on the review for this episode. At the end. <laughs> no, but well, then what was then? Do you remember the first time you've seen it, or was this a movie where yes. you just like okay, it, it, yeah, I want to hear about that then. I I got to this movie a little late. I got to it in high school. I I don't think my my dad liked it, but I don't think he liked it enough to kind of seek it out and show it to me. He was just like, oh, you should go watch this on your on your own kind of thing, and. This was brought to me by an ex and because it was like her favorite fucking movie mm -hmm. and um, I got the DVD of it. So my first my first couple of times were were solo, just like watching. I oh, think really? we might not watch even, it together. Not to... I know. No, I think we actually watch it in a group. OK. And, yeah. Well, I needless to say, like I watch it in the group and my mouth was just like open the entire time. Like, yeah how do I get this movie inside of my body? And I ran <laughs> home with that DVD and I just like watched it over and over and over and over and over and over and over again. I still have the same, I, we, I still have the exact same DVD and I could, you can barely watch the movie on it anymore because it's so like scratched up and wow. used. But, uh, I latched on hard to this movie. I've seen it in theaters, like not a ton of times, maybe like 10 times. Or something like that, and um, it's still more than me. I think I've only done it. I think I've only done it two or maybe three times. <laughs> it's, I mean, that's still commendable. I mean, you went back more At than the once. Late night, like I, double feature. It was a big like we did it in college. Like they would do it, do it regularly in college, and I would dress up every single so i would i would dress up for all of them when i went to go see it yeah and i would do this i would do the same character every single time except once oh I, can you get can you guess i'm curious can you guess who i went as regularly Riff -raff. and then who i went as once okay that was easy yeah but so that's why i went as regularly uh because one that time you probably one time i went as as rocky you know me. Yeah, what yeah. did I just knock over? <laughs> I hit the table. I was so happy. Uh, because I, I know that you couldn't quite com I, I I think that it I don't think you could quite commit to Frankenfurter. I never wanted to because yeah. I I love I have a such a deep love for that character and yeah. particularly tim carrey tim carrey tim carrey <laughs> tim carrey yeah tim carrey's performance of that role but i like i like him doing it yeah it's not it's not mine i want to appreciate it and i'm okay with that because me and riffraff just like Bleh. oh dude while we were i mean Bleh. like 
riffraff just just look to riffraff if you want to see josh in a movie riffraff has big je big josh energy like big Hello. time yeah exactly <laughs> Oh, well, I'm my curious to hear your your little factoids. I've I've only got one really, sure. which is that um, this movie is technically because of the. And I guess for people who don't know what the heck we're talking about, what people do sometimes with this movie, what theaters do is they'll do like a midnight screening of the movie, and there's all these different fan elements, and there's like inside jokes. And it's it's very raucous and it's very rompous. Like it's people. It's it's a call and response experience it's a, where you bring yeah. props and, and it's like all a sing along experience. There's dances. There's inside jokes. There's all these things. There's you know people people will bring. Is it rice to the theater? There's I mean there's toilet paper. Yeah, toilet there's paper. Rice. There's there's, there's all these all these like different inside jokes. You know, it's very much if you know you know. Um, and because of that, this movie is actually technically the longest running theatrical release in film history because it has yep. been running for 45 years. Yeah. That's, I mean, yep. that's ama- applause. Applause. Kind of weird, kind of a weird pick, too. Well, when you get it. When it becomes an event like that, like it's almost it almost transcends the movie itself. You oh, know absolutely. what I mean? Like it, this is an experience. This is an activity. Well, like this is its own thing. Because it when you know, it came out, it was panned. Oh yeah, everybody everybody was like, "What is this? This is bullshit." Yeah. I don't think it actually made money or like a profit for like another 10 years. Right. Yeah, it's since then it has like it has created or you know, it has gone to to garner some money, but but what are what are your facts? So this mo- this movie was based off of a play written uh, by Richard O'Brien that was uh, performed uh, for, I don't know for how long, but he performed he directed and uh, was in this show for quite a while. Tim Curry was in the cast, Magenta was in the cast. Um, the person that plays Nell the was in the stage cast version? for a little while. The stage version, yeah. A lot oh, of these people shit. are OG. Okay. Yeah, a lot of these people were they were all in London and they were all doing it together. Wow. Uh, uh, the and the way that they found now Richard O'Brien, who plays Riff Raff. I don't think we've said that. Who before, plays Riff? Who he, plays yeah. Riff Raff? And uh, yeah, Tim Curry, who plays Frankenfurter, Magenta, who's played by Patricia O'Quinn, and uh, Little Nell plays columbia the way that they found Mm -hmm. little nell is um they went to like some bar where like she did like a dancing singing number on on like the table oh yeah i don't know like a burlesque show or something it wasn't a burlesque show it was more just like a it was more pg than that but it was still a lot of like singing and it was kind of like a 50s thing okay and uh i think and they essentially went to go see her and like hired her on the spot Hmm. um uh, I forget how everybody else got on, but when they made the movie, uh, first off, uh, Patricia O'Quinn, who plays Magenta, was actually not going to do the movie because in the play version, she's the one that sings the opening track, science fiction, you know, science fiction double feature. Right. Yeah. Yeah. 
But in the movie, like in the beginning of the movie, you're watching Lip sing it. Yeah. That's Richard O'Brien. Yeah, Morgan told me that while we were watching it. I couldn't believe I all the times that I have seen it, I was like, holy shit, I had no idea. Yeah. It's amazing. So Patricia so that was Patricia O'Quinn's song. Like she did it. And Richard O'Brien was like, I'm gonna do it. And she's like, I'm gone then. Like I that's my song, and if I don't get to do that song, I don't fucking care. Whoa. And and they so they kind of like kind of like okay well come on just come look at the set like come look at all the costumes come look at all this stuff and she was like okay I'll do it and um, Tim Curry was actually an- kind of annoyed at doing the movie the whole time <laughs> why why is that because well because he well I guess that's a hard word to say annoyed but he really he, Frankenfurter is his character like he developed it he originated it. And he really liked that he could do it for two hours and then walk away from it for the rest of the day. Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. And he had never done a movie before. So he was like, I got to do this shit for like 12 hours. I don't. (laughs) Every day. (laughs) It sucks. Yeah. Huh. That's Wait, is this his first movie? No. I'm I'm almost certain it's his first. uh, No, can't be. Yeah, no, it actually does look like this is Tim Curry's first I'm movie. I'm pretty sure it's his first. Holy yeah. shit. That is right? insane. Like what a but role he, and what a performance. Well, but it was it was already his role. And you know, that's why I I mean, we'll get into this in the second half, but that's why this movie is so close to my heart and why I think it's so special is what other time is there some like crazy concept like kind of out there movie where when it's an adaptation, it's the people that made it originally like mm, that whole yeah. group of people coming in to just do it on film like it's all them yeah they already true. owned all the parts and all the music so when you see it like everybody is total ownership of what they're doing I, yeah i guess it, it and mastery of it, it doesn't happen very often and the most recent example i can think of is hamilton because they did the you know sure they did the release of just the basically a recorded version of the stage play but but yeah, other than that like it doesn't it really doesn't happen. It's such like a singular event. Yeah. Huh. Um, I, dude, we we're beating around the bush so much, and this we we have to take we're a not break. Not beating around the bush. We're I'm gonna be diving in the bush and exploring. Uh, <laughs> so well, let's take it. Let's take a break and come back and explore more about our current experience of watching the Rocky Horror Picture Show in 2021. Right after y'all if you can believe it tapes 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 is in its fourth season the boys are once again here to help decide the fate of movies stuck in cinematic purgatory oh no the suspense remember you can follow tapes 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 on instagram to stay in touch with the show between episodes you'll find announcements surveys and more If you'd like to take your relationship with the show to the next level and get your credit card involved, find the show on Patreon, too. The boys thank you for your support. All right, now it's time to get back to the show. Hey, everybody. Welcome back. Um, Okay, Rocky Horror Picture Show. So, I mean, how do we even talk about this? Because okay, here's 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 my. Why don't you lead it off? Yeah, because oh yeah, before we got into the break, you talked about how Sienna had never seen it. She confused it with with uh, you know with with Little Shop of Horrors, and so so she had never seen it, and she's like, I want to go see it in the theater, 
and you're like, I think people should see it on their on their own. Now I'm in a unique position, First. right, where I have ac- I've kind of seen it on its own, but like, but not really. My my true introduction to the movie as a whole was in person, and. Uh-huh. And having seen it just now, where it just like just was Morgan and I sitting on the couch, we did of course stand up and do the dance for time warp. I mean, you would have, would would be an absolute criminal to not dance along to the time warp. Um, but I would make a strong case that she needs to see it in theaters first. Oh, Sienna. Yes. I, and I would recommend that people do it that way to do to go in theater first and then decide if you want to see it on your own. Because this movie has so like that the experience of watching it in person with other people, even if there weren't the like crazy elements of throwing the TP and you know, and and the little inside jokes, the call and response that happened, like it's just so much more exciting to watch it with people who are really into it. And I've had the experience of mm-hmm. having like because I've gone to see it, you know, two or three times, and I've I've definitely been with audiences that were more involved and audiences that were less involved. I've been like with one audience where like it was like a drunken mess the entire time. And then another one where it was like more geeky, more subdued. And I feel like you just, you get more out of it per moment, per beat that way. And, and frankly, it makes it a little bit easier to follow because the story is a little convoluted. It kind of doesn't make any sense. It's, it's difficult to follow on your own. And that was actually an experience that I had while watching it. Because Morgan, you know, I already told you, Morgan, like, this is a really, like, important movie for Morgan. As the credits were rolling, I had to ask her some questions. I was mm-hmm. like, what? I don't, I don't blame you. I was like, what happened? I don't really understand. Because it, it was the first time that I'd ever, like, really sat and watched it. Now, having said that, I thoroughly enjoyed it. I had a great time. Tim Curry's performance alone in this movie is worth really anybody seeing it. Um, Susan Sarandon yeah. is sexy as fuck. She still is, even though she's in her late 70s. Um, she could still get it. Call me Susan. Um, she did a great job in this movie. She she did a great job. And, and I just... It, it was great all around. It was so much fun. The scene with Meatloaf was just as much fun as I remember. Like, you know, seeing a seeing a fat guy in a show who's like the sexy guy singing his heart out and riding a motorcycle. Like, it's so much fun to to see that happening. But and that was before he was like Meatloaf, the household name, before Bad Out of Hell. Yeah, like this. This was. I mean, it was so. I guess that's kind of my overall thing. Is like. That's my impression of it. And also, I'm I'm team watch it in theaters. You might be right. I you know, I I guess I guess I'm real so Sienna watches movies very differently from me. And I, I'm now the analysis of this movie and the episode is just about, <laughs> about <laughs> convincing is, your girlfriend to watch a movie. Down. And yeah. like Sienna Sienna really likes to like pay attention and focus on the movie and yeah. like really like take it in. That's what I do too. And she also, she also just like, 
when it comes to like kind of distracting or peripheral things like they can kind of irritate her and i'm not like trying to like undersell the experience to her but i have this sneaking suspicion that if we go see the rocky horror picture show in theaters before she sees it like before she sees the movie that she's going to get there and she's going to be because uh oh, I don't know, it's kind yeah. of hard to understand the jokes and hear it she's going to be like i can't fucking hear i can't understand what they're saying and i can't hear the movie sure. so i'm doubly kind of like not sure what's going on she might be into it just for kind of the camaraderie of it but yeah she's not wired the same way as me so i, I where i like i just hear nonsense language and i'm like i'm on board and <laughs> I just feel like she'd be like, kind of. That's a good like, point. Oh, I wish I had more context going into this, like, because then I can let go of the plot of the movie a little bit and like be part of the fun. Mm. That's that's a good point. That's I, why I say that. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, I am the same way as her though. Like, I and you and I, I've I know that you and I are different in the way that we watch movies. Like, I definitely do just like sit. And watch it and I, i'm like kind of take it all in whereas you're a little bit more you know it's more likely that you'll like get up and and grab a snack and like make yourself a little meal and then come back to it and like it's going on in the background and i think i don't, I don't know i the the thing that's interesting about this is that like we are, I think we're kind of showing our hands in that we are both talking about like, what is the best way to experience this amazing thing? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it's, it's, it's kind of it's, telling how great it is. It's fun that it even, you even get to have that challenge before you like, cause it's just yeah. a fucking movie. Yeah. <laughs> and we gotta, there's like all these different ways that you can experience it. Yeah. I just appreciate it for that. I mean, so uh, what was it like to watch it in the context of, I mean, were you even able to watch it from a critical context? <laughs> like the way that you talk about this movie, oh, yeah. it almost sounds like it's a part of your being. So like, it, how did you watch it, it for is, this podcast? It is, but I haven't watched it in a long time. I haven't watched it in, uh, I don't think I've watched it since Sienna and I have been together. I just, it hasn't really been on my mind. Mm -hmm. Uh, and I've seen it so many fucking times that, uh, so it's probably been about two years, something like that. Mm -hmm. And um, I watched it on DVD. And then when you get into the menu, it lets you choose if you want to hear, a, like, over the movie, a pre-recorded track from a theater of them doing all the audience callback stuff. Dude, that is so funny because I was literally, like, <laughs> while we were looking for it to rent, I was like, man, I wish that there was some version where you could, like... Like maybe there's, and this probably it's does. DVD. This probably does exist where you could like go on YouTube and sync it up. You know, it could be like, mm -hmm. all right, press play in three. Mm -hmm. two, there's YouTube one. videos that you could find of like live viewings, and yeah. you get all the. I remember watching some of them when I was in high school because I was like, I want to know all the, th I want to know all the things yeah. before I go into the next time I see it. I would like study it. Oh man, like that's amazing. The same things, uh, but I so I I for the first time. I enabled it, and I was like, oh. I'm going to try it. And I didn't get two minutes in, but I'm like, this is fucking irritating. I'm turning it off. Mm, yeah, because it's probably I, like a, somewhat of an uncanny valley of like, I just, I'm alone. I know I'm alone. I don't really need this. Uh, I don't think I've ever watched a mo uh, watched this movie before where in this in this time, I was so 
appreciative Mm. of the movie this time. Like, I just sat there and I fucking appreciated everything. I really thought about the what it took to make this movie. Like, kind of of what we were talking about, the, the whole theatrical... Sorry, the whole... Everybody was doing the uh, staged version of this, and then they came in and did the movie. And just watching Tim Curry and Richard O'Brien and all these Susan Sarandon, all these actors, just really give it up for these kind of you know fucking silly ass characters. Yeah, it's so silly and over the top, but they, I mean, they fully commit like hard. Yeah, in this, in a everything about this movie is a. Everything about this movie is a full commit. Yeah. And the music is so fucking good. Yeah. Uh, I think the soundtrack is... There isn't a single track on here that I don't think is an absolute banger. But <laughs> the plot the plot is so... It it's almost it's almost knows that it, it it doesn't make complete sense. Like there's a certain point in the movie, it's always when Meatloaf comes out and does his number that I'm like, what the fuck is going on? Like <laughs> we just got introduced to the Rocky Horror and then he does his own song and that's the only way that he speaks in the movie. And then immediately after that, the frozen the the frozen X of uh Frankenfurter bursts out of a cellar on a motorcycle and does his own song. Yeah. <laughs> I put to like, the fuck bless is going my soul. On? I really love that rock and roll. It's so fun. Like it's but but it's so yeah. good. Like there is there isn't like a single moment in this movie that I don't think is just just lathered in f- like how much these people care about each second yeah. of this play in this movie and it shows and I feel the exact same way. Oh. Like every fucking second of this I like there isn't there isn't a moment where I could go like this doesn't really need to be here. I don't enjoy this part like it's just I think it's like I think it's perfect. Man. It's it's surprisingly tight for how kind of crazy it is. Like you you look at and this is you know it's a it's a musical so like right now I'm looking at all the music tracks and I'm like yep I remember what happens at that point I remember what happens at that point I remember what happens at that point yeah. like every single point every single song has a point to it and mm-hmm. I think that that's a beautiful thing in a musical because so many mu- it's really difficult to make a good musical and to make a musical where every song has a point to it and, and like you know it it makes sense that it's there so many musicals i feel like um reuse a lot of themes and reuse things and just kind of pad it out like they just sort of create songs for songs sake but there's a, this movie yeah, there's does an- not do that there's an interview out there with Richard O'Brien talking about the music and he's not really that musically trained. He knew enough, Mm -hmm. but he was talking about, he hung out with a lot of musicians, musicians, I guess, but he was talking about how that the fact that he didn't really know too much about technique probably helped him more than, more than anything else, because he was able to kind of quickly make all these very simple songs. Like you listen to the time warp. It's, so basic right it's just lyrics on top of like very 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 simple like melodies and all those things there's nothing very complicated about it and and he just kind of keeps going back to like you know because i wasn't held up by like the style or like all these certain like or knowing uh, music theory like sometimes yeah knowing knowing music music theory theory can be kind of a double-edged sword 
Yeah, he was like that that would have gotten in the way of me being able to like crank out kind of the purest version of this stuff. So mm. I'm I'm he was very grateful for that. And that that kind of makes me happy about my the way I make my own music because I avoid a lot of music theory. Yeah. I kind of wonder if it would destroy me. I I definitely probably lean into it a little bit too much and can find but I I feel like the sweet spot is trying to find a balance of like of course knowing it like knowing that it's there knowing that there are those tools in that toolbox but at the end of the day you do have to just like make your own music and kind of um what is your i mean it would be difficult to do this but like what is your favorite point in the movie i mean i have a lot of very personal memories attached to almost every every uh, what opening of this movie is almost like looking at like a photo album mm-hmm. of like uh, like my friendships and stuff because there's a lot of moments in this movie that i love that are just associated with like a person or an event or something and so it's 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 kind of hard to play favorites because honestly I, I love all of it like anytime tim curry is on screen it, i just can't i can't say it's bad yeah but He's in incredible. particular my favorite moments of the movie um are the very small stupid parts like there's this really there's this small part in um when they're doing the time warp uh and i i'm gonna have a hard time describing this because it's such such a tiny thing but um it, when they're doing the time warp it's after the first chorus like they do the let's do the time warp again and it, there it's patri it's uh magenta and riffraff kind of like leading around brad and janet and they're kind of confused but they're singing the song and they're kind of like dancing around the venue a little bit like like uh i keep wanting to say the actor's names but magenta's like hubbing up against this like uh pheasant statue (laughs) and there's this lyric that uh riffraff says while well he sang the line he offers uh brad and janet a donut oh weird (laughs) It's Such so small. small. Moment. It's just like what is it? It's it's where uh uh, uh so fantasy free me no not at all uh so fantasy no not at all in another dimension pure physical intention well secluded I see all uh uh and nothing be the same yeah in that line right there I know this is totally not helpful for anybody except me but it just when shows he says that, how like, much and never this movie be is... the same uh he just like he had a donut in his pocket or something, or he was just headed in his hand and he offers it to them. And just, this is more an inside joke with that other person, but we are just like, why the fuck? Where did he get that donut? <laughs> well, it sounds why like, it sounds like me donut? with the pita bread and the Santa Claus. Like, where did he get that? Santa pita and from? the pita bread. So that's personally like a favorite thing. But if mm. I were to try to pin down a favorite movie, after, favorite moment after that, uh, I don't know. That's so hard. Um, I mean, you don't have to have one. Like, I mean, I just just the example that you gave just shows how much this movie is in your DNA. That like yeah. such a part. I mean, I think most people would you know say the time warp, and I know for Morgan, her favorite musical number in the show, which she still she can't really explain it, but for whatever reason, she loves the song. There's a light. Over at the Frankenstein uh, Palace, uh, Frankenstein Place. 
That's that I I that was one of my favorite. I had this album and I also had the punk punk rock version of this album. Oh, that's cool. As well. The uh, a bunch of I uh, one of the highlights of my life was seeing the Groovy Ghoulies at the Gilman Theater hmm. uh, uh in Berkeley and uh they did the Time Warp. Oh, because nice. they were on the Rocky Horror Punk Rock Show album, which was a compilation of punk bands. Like one, each punk, ba- different punk band got one song. Hmm. That's cool. Uh, that's good. Yeah, I for me, I think my my favorite moments are probably a little bit more like generic. Like I, I really like where Frankenfurter pretends to be Janet and like seduces Brad and. <laughs> pretends to be brad and seduces janet like i just think that part is it's so clever funny and fun and sexy like it definitely appeals to i mean i could imagine growing up with this i probably would have found my sexuality much sooner (laughs) than than i did (laughs) because you know i i knew that that men were attractive and i knew that women were attractive but i didn't I don't know, it, it, it never, I never grew up with anything like this before where it's like gender is yeah. just like, just something that you can express however you want to. And I, I just, I have to applaud like Tim Curry throughout this whole movie. It, it can't be overstated. His performance is electrifying. Like every time he looks he, into the camera, I'm just effortless. like, oh, you can have effortless. it. You can have it all. He he does it with it, he makes it look so easy yeah and but he's doing so much and so little at the same time and it just it it pulls you in oh my god yeah it's it's amazing josh we we could probably do like a two-parter but we shouldn't because the producers will get mad no at no, us. no 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 <laughs> no 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 so so before i get to my review yes i think my personal favorite part that i don't share with other people because I, I have two, I have my favorite song number, and then I have, I think my favorite part. I think my favorite individual part is uh, in uh, I, the "I Can Make You a Man" song when you're kind of watching Rocky get the weights. Yeah, mm-hmm. and there's this moment where like, uh, Rock, uh, where Frankenfurter says part of the song, and then Rocky just goes, <laughs> <laughs> like he has this awkward laugh. <laughs> yeah, and it kills me every time. Nice. Every time I scream, laugh, <laughs> uh, and you know, and I realized when I was watching this what song it was in my dream that affected me so much. Oh yeah, 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 song dream. It was uh, uh, "Rose Tint My World." Oh wow! I'm a wild and untamed thing. When that came on yeah. and they were doing that number on the stage, I started crying. Oh man! Wow. That that is it. A, just it hit me so hard. That is a beautiful, beautiful part. Ugh. That whole sequence, because it's it's wild and untamed thing, into riffraff showing up, into riffraff mentioned, into uh, I'm going home. Yeah. Like Tim Curry's final song. Yeah. That Ugh, that, that is sequence by is far killer. like probably the most cinematic part of this movie. I mean, it just is so like what a payoff. For, for everything that you've experienced over the past hour and a half. <sighs> oh my god. All right. Well, Josh, we have to we have to do it. The people are asking. They want to know. I have like another seven hours to talk about I this know, movie, I know. Yeah, we gotta do it. We gotta do it. Josh, what do you give 1975's Rocky Horror Picture Show? Um, I give it a 
a um the Your Wet Award. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> That's what I give it. I'm surprised the it's your, not getting a golden Totoro. Wet. I can't give out an I I would be giving it one if I hadn't given it out to FLCO. Wait, how Why many are you allowed to give out in a in a I put span the rule time? out for one a one a year. One a year. And, well, yeah, I think you should take it. I think you should take something. it away from FLCL and put it. <laughs> no, then then we'd yeah, have to be tracking okay. every single one of these. Never I mind. I, yeah, okay. I redacted from <laughs> FLCL, even though I think I don't want to diminish my experience with FLCL. You know what it is? I'm going through all the movies and media right now that are like the main characters are like the representation of my id yeah. in high school, like Frankenfurter and Haru uh, Hara Haruko. Like yeah. These are these are the people that I didn't idolize because I knew they were fucking terrible people, but like they were just they spoke to me. Yeah, I, for me, I would definitely um, so golden Totoro give it not a golden Totoro actually, because even though I, I had an amazing time with it, um, I I still think that this movie doesn't speak as much to me personally as it does to a lot of the people that I love and admire. I don't know if that makes any kind of sense. But of course like, it does. You just said it, and it made sense. Okay, well, I, but but it, I don't know. It, as I was saying it, it, okay. I just wanted to make sure it made perfect it made sense. sense. Yeah, I mean, it just... It's, it's not... It You appreciate it for what it does for the people that you love. I, exactly. Like, I, I really appreciate it for what it is. I'm so happy that it exists in the world and that people can watch it and and get things out of it and i guess i'm just like way too cis to like you know to and and i actually i enjoy sometimes doing other like you know i i actually enjoy wearing dresses and i enjoy doing things that are like more typically you know not not heteronormative but it's not it's never something where i feel like 100% comfortable doing it so i'm i'm just am very glad that there are kids out there who could watch something like this and get something out of it and, and in a profound way. Um, do you have a recommendation? The only recommendation was, I'm going to give is for um, Shock Therapy. Oh, what was uh, that? But I've never seen it. Uh, so Shock Therapy is the follow-up to the Rocky Horror Picture Show written and directed by Richard O'Brien, and he's starring in it. Oh. Um, it's not very well known yeah it's not very well known if you've never seen it i I don't think you can recommend it too bad uh (laughs) i've heard i've heard from a lot of people that it's not very good um at least in comparison (laughs) so you've never seen it everybody Uh, who's ever told you about it tells you that it's bad uh but hey everybody listening (laughs) go Yeah, well, that's the problem. <laughs> There's no problem. There's no problem. Look, I this is just it's too it's too <laughs> it's too personal of a movie and an experience for me. So I'm just telling everybody the recommendations for like what I'm going to be doing because I'm probably going to be watching that movie at some point mm-hmm. and probably being a little disappointed in it. So that's my fucking recommendation. So go, 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 go along make with your the own journey. podcast. I'm, you know? We're doing it together. We're partners. No, I I'm can... not talking to you. I'm talking to the audience. Oh, okay, okay. Sorry, everybody. Oh, you guys. Got... 
I thought you were, I was like, dude, it's, you can do whatever you want. It's just hilarious. <laughs> I'm just going to laugh at that recommendation forever. Oh, my God. Um, what do you recommend? A uh, Little Shop of Horrors. Um, you know, it's it's another, it's a fun, and I know that I've recommended it um, on the podcast before. Um, but I think that it's it's funny, it's fun, it's got a great cast. Um, this movie was, is impossible, I feel like, to make a recommendation for. Like, it's just, it's so singular, and... Uh, I, yeah, if you want a musical, that's... That's, like, queer uh, and, like, campy in all the best ways. Like, there's just nothing like... So, Little Shop of Horrors, because no. it's it's also got a lot of really catchy numbers, and every song makes sense. You know, all, all the good things I said about this movie from musical perspective i think also applied to that movie so well thank you all for listening to yet another episode of tapes 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 all of our audio mixing and original music is done by yours truly evan william crockett and our artwork is done by Kersey barrett torme you can find her on instagram at made by Kersey k-e-r-s-e-y go show her some love she's wonderful and kind and the podcast is produced by the lovable ineffable Josh Bowen. Josh, you want to tell the fine folks that they can support the podcast? So we, uh, you can find you can find us on Patreon. We are completely listener funded. Uh, me and Evan make this on our own, uh, and mm-hmm. anything you uh, feel like contributing to help support the po- podcast goes uh, directly to us. And hopefully, like if we have more guests, the guests that we bring on or whatever things that we could fund uh we've got cool perks on there and merch and uh all the zingers and zazzles that whizzle your wazzle <laughs> well said well thanks again everybody listening guys gals and non-binary pals we love you we mean it and we'll see you next week Bye bye <laughs>